to Harvest Christian Fellowship and Wednesday Night Deep Dive. Welcome to everybody online, our online congregation out there. We are glad you're here, whether you're here tonight or tomorrow night or next week, it doesn't matter. We appreciate you very much. So let's um, jump right into this. I want you to turn two places in your Bible, and then I'll open us with prayer. You want to go to Isaiah chapter 10 and 1 Peter chapter 2. Isaiah 10, 1 Peter chapter 2. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this great church. Thank you for this Wednesday night deep dive. Thank you for everybody that's online with us right now. And Lord, we just pray that your best anointing is upon us tonight. Lord, help me to teach with boldness and with authority and with accuracy and help us to, to uh, uh, gain from the word that is taught. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen and amen and amen. So, Isaiah chapter 10 and 1 Peter chapter 2, we're covering the series finding your place in the kingdom. Now, I've said all along that I guarantee you that you will find your place in the kingdom in, in this series, and we're going to narrow down a lot tonight. So, um, always remember, when it comes to kingdom things, God does his work through us by what the Bible calls the anointing. Isaiah 10 explains to us how the anointing works in our lives. Now watch this. Isaiah chapter 10, verse number 27. God's word says, So it will be that in that day, now he's talking about when, when the Savior comes, when the Holy Spirit is released. So it will be in that day that his burden will be removed from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be broken because, now I've got the NASB, the yoke will be broken because of fatness. The, if you've got the King James, it says um, that that. The yoke will be broken because of the anointing. And uh, what the NASB is saying is that the, the yoke the enemy wants to put on her neck, that the anointing will go on us layer after layer after layer after layer until the anointing gets so big on us, so fat on us, that the yoke will be broken off of our neck. Now, Here's, here's what I see. Finding your place in the kingdom releases the anointing. And the anointing is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at that again in a moment. Now last week we ended up, we were looking through the Old Testament tabernacle and we saw the seven lamps in the uh, uh, in the tabernacle lampstand. The tabernacle lampstand is a shadow of the seven facets of the Holy Spirit. And um, let me just read that real, real quick here. Um, here are the seven facets of the Holy Spirit. Now watch, this is the anointing. This is what goes on us 
and on us and on us until it becomes so big on us it breaks the yoke of of uh, the enemy so um Isaiah 11, 1, then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. That, uh, that shoot that would spring from the stem of Jesse was David. Jesse was David's father. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Now watch, here's the seven facets of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and strength. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And the delight of the fear of the Lord. And now watch. And because of this, he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. We grow up in this world, in in this lost chaotic world, making every decision we make by what our eyes see or our ears hear. And says with with the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our life, these seven facets of the Holy Spirit, then that we won't have to make decisions by what our eyes see or our ears hear because we'll have the light of God's Word. Uh, uh, Psalm 109... 115 or 115 109 I forget uh, says your word is a light to my path right and and the the Jews they had this picture of this uh, seven faceted lampstand that would shine light in front of it now watch this hold Isaiah and flip over to first Peter chapter number two hold on to Isaiah and go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Here's what we've seen so far. God directed Moses in the construction of the tabernacle. And in it we can see what I've called a road map to the Christian life. Road map to release the anointing of God in our life. And remember, the anointing of the Holy Spirit allows us to operate fully within the kingdom that rest on the shoulders of Jesus. And keep in mind here, let me, let me read this. In Isaiah 9, verse number 6, here's the promise. And a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and a religion will come with him. Somebody ought to rebuke me right there. Am I rebuked? Okay. Isaiah 9, 6, and a child will be born to us and a son will be given to us and a kingdom, a government will rest on his shoulders. Now watch this, watch this. Without the blood, here's, here's what we've seen through the tabernacle so far. Without the blood, we're lost and have no entry into the kingdom of God. And see, we've made the mistake. We grew up in an Americanized religion that was called Christianity. And the Americanized mindset of Christianity says at Christmas time, we send out these little cards of a picture of a baby in a manger. And it says, and, and, a, and a religion will come by this guy. And that's, that's not the truth. Watch, this is about a kingdom. This is about a government. This is about a, a different realm of existence. And without the blood, 
we can't get into the kingdom of God. Only the blood of the Lamb can get us there. Now watch this. Then without the Holy Spirit, we'll be in the kingdom, but we'll continue to operate like we did before we entered into the kingdom. So we can be saved and still operate like we used to in, in, in this old world, you see? So after salvation, watch, the, the priest would go outside the camp because we couldn't get into the camp. And he would apply the blood to us and cleanse us of the stain stain of, of Adam, of mankind, uh, pictured by leprosy, and bring us into the camp. The next thing that would happen is the priest would mix oil with the blood and apply that to us, and that was the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this again. If I didn't make enough mad last week, I'll make them, I'll make them mad this week, okay? Your flesh is not going to do a thing to gain you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift of God. How many knows your flesh just loves the things of God? Huh? Your flesh did not get born again when you got born again. Hmm? Your flesh will never get born again. Your flesh will be exchanged someday. When you leave this earth, God is going to give you a resurrected body that won't have the stained sin of Adam in it, and, and you'll get along fine. But your flesh is never going to get along with the things of the Spirit. So why would God have you try to do something with your flesh to gain something of the Spirit? Hmm? It's a gift. So the blood brings us into the camp of God. The blood also brings us the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life. After salvation, we received the priestly anointing with the blood and the oil. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. Listen to this. Here's the truth about you because of the blood and the oil. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now watch, watch this. For you were once, you, you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now watch this. If we read this and there's something in the back of our mind saying, yeah, I don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm a priest. I, I, don't, I don't think this is really me. Then listen, then you're still thinking that Jesus came to bring a religion. He came to give us entrance into a kingdom. You see? Now, now watch this. Watch. So remember that the tabernacle shows us that there are seven operational levels within the kingdom life. And we can stop anytime we want to. There's people that come into the church. They say, I'm confessing Christ. I want to go in the dunk tank. And we dunk them. And we call them donut Christians. Because once they're dunked, they're useless. They're, they're gone. They don't come back into the church. There are six other places in the Christian life for them 
But they stopped. They started with one, and they stopped right in that place. So we can stop. We're free will agents. We can stop anywhere we want to. But how many know that you need the Spirit of God for the anointing to break the yokes off your life? Hmm? You bet. You bet. Now watch. Here, here, here are the steps. Jesus the gate, which is the blood of salvation. Then the application of the blood and oil of anointing for the priesthood. And, and they would apply it to the, the right ear, the thumb, the big toe. And, and I would just, if you haven't gotten this, you need to go back and listen to some of these as, as we go through it. And, and we learn obedience to the Holy Spirit. We don't get the Holy Spirit by our efforts. We get the Holy Spirit by the gift of the blood. But then we must discipline ourselves and begin to live and listen to the Holy Spirit. The next thing, the priest, we saw this last week, was to wash daily in the water of the Word. Remember, they would have to wash their hands and feet. That's your works and your walk. Wash your hands and feet in the water of the Word every day. Then, here's where we ended up. Washing in the Word brings revelation knowledge to operate in the kingdom. How many has ever uh, been reading the Word or you're driving down the road listening to a preacher uh, or, or something or somebody says something about the Word of God and there is a spark that happens in you and boom, it just, it just lights you up on the inside. See, that's the lampstand of God. That's revelation knowledge. Your spirit person just, just got lit up up see now watch watch this is here's here's where we get into this night now watch remember that the priests would wash their hands and feet in the 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 labor of washing and then they would go into the holy place there was a holy place and then inside that was the holy of holies now watch this when they would go into the holy place remember the the uh uh the curtain at the entrance was real thick and they would, I said they would make sure that they would uh, block all the light. In the holy place, there was not allowed any outside light to shine into the place. The priest had to walk solely by the seven lamps of that lampstand. You see? Now, I, I, I want to say this. This is something the pastors taught us on. That if, if, have you ever walked... Yeah, this morning, I got up about, I think it was probably about 5.30, something like that. It was still pretty dark. And I, I set my recliner for a little bit, and, and I got up, I went in the bathroom, turned the lights on, and, and shaved, and, and brushed my teeth. And I came back out of the bathroom. I, I walked into the bathroom. I could see there's like a little nightlight in the bathroom. And I'm walking around the house. It's no problem at all. But when I came out of the bright lights of the bathroom, I, sh I shut the lights off, went back out in the living room. I'm, I'm walking like this, you see, because my eyes had got adjusted to that light, and, and I was going into a place that wasn't as lit up as much. So I, I just I turned around. I didn't, Jody was on the couch. I didn't want to look like an idiot falling all over the place. So I went back, and, and uh, I, I stood in the bathroom for a minute, that had that night light and my eyes adjusted and I walked out and I could see where I was going. When you walk from the, the, the knowledge and the light of the world and you come into the kingdom 
it takes a while for our eyes to adjust to the lighting system. You see? And, and there's so many times, I remember when I got saved a long, long time ago, um, I got saved and people started saying, you got to do this, you got to do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? You know? It took a while to adjust, you see? So if we see somebody new coming into the church and they haven't adjusted yet, yeah, we just give them the time, that's all. We give them the time. They'll get it. They'll get it. They'll see it. So, now watch this. Revelation knowledge allows us to enter into the operational ways of the kingdom. So we've got to wash our hands and feet in the water of the word every day. Let that revelation knowledge brighten our spirits, light us up, and teach us how to walk in the ways of the kingdom. Now, I want you to go to Mark chapter number 4. Oh, Bob, we're going to get in some good stuff now. Yeah. Mark chapter number 4, watch. Revelation knowledge brings us directly to the fifth step in the tabernacle, the fifth stopping and starting place, the fifth step in the life of the anointing. Now watch. Step number five to the anointing is the table of showbread, which is persecution for the word's sake. How many has ever had that experience where it just, you, 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 something is said, something you read, and it just lights you up on the inside? You all had that? And then you say, the next day, there is no way I can do that. My goodness, my family will hate me. I can't afford it. I can't do this. I can't do that. Life will never be easy for me again. Have you ever done that? Watch. When the priest would go in from, from the world on the outside after washing in the word, would go in, begin to let his eyes adjust to the seven lamps in the lampstand. And the first thing he would see, he would turn to the right, and the first thing he would see is a table with fresh showbread baked and set on that table. Now watch this. Watch. The, the showbread was baked fresh every day. Okay? How many likes to smell a fresh bread? Okay? Now watch. What the priests would do is they would bake that bread fresh every day and they would sprinkle frankincense on that bread. Now here's the thing. Frankincense, I, I mean, I remember one time Jody had this perfume on, and oh, I like that perfume, you know. I mean, I make a dive for her. I stuck my nose right in her neck, you know. It's like I'm sniffing. I mean, it smells so good, and 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 I kissed her neck. That's the worst tasting stuff I ever tasted in my life. I'm like, I, I went down sniffing, I come up going, you know? Here's the thing about frankincense. 
It smells wonderful, but it tastes so bitter. Revelation knowledge. Oh, it smells good when it fires your spirit up. But about 24 hours later, it's going to be bitter if you do what you just learned. Huh? I want you to see this. It's very, very important here. Here's where most of the body of Christ stop in their journey. As they begin to discover their place in the kingdom. Um, I'm hearing God. My heart's burning to do something. But Lord, it's going to cost me. This is going to be so bitter. Every Christian will tell you the revelations that they have of who they are in the Bible speaks to them, and it's wonderful. But very few Christians go past smelling this and begin to devour it. Yeah. Now watch this. I want to show you something. Now, Pastor and I talk about this all the time. The Americanized church. Oh, what we have done to this wonderful thing. What we have done to it. Watch this. Jesus is teaching in Mark chapter 4 about this very thing, Emily. He's teaching about revelation knowledge. Watch this. Watch this. Look at Mark chapter 4 and verse number 16. He says, In a similar way, these are the ones on whom... Seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, watch, here's the showbread. When affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away because of the word. Now, now, see this. Jesus cleanses us of our spiritual leprosy and we return to the kingdom of God. We, we come into the camp. Then because of the gift of the blood, we are given back the Holy Spirit of the priesthood. And we begin to wash daily in the Word. And washing daily in the Word begins to light us up with revelation knowledge. And when we're given revelation knowledge, we begin to hear God speak to us concerning us and our place in the kingdom. Now we face two things. Number one, we're entering into the challenge of God's ways being more of an operational reality than the ways that we've been operating. And number two, 
Now we have to taste the bitterness of us going against everything we have ever known our entire life. Hmm. Showbread was presented fresh every day. And the word seed of God needs to be fresh in us every single day. Now watch this. Jesus said, if we don't wash daily in the water of the word and gain revelation knowledge, he said that word seed would die on the inside of us. And how many of you see that they got it? They began to consume it. They saw the bitterness of it. And they let it die. How many heart-sick Christians are in the world and they really believe in some religious tale that God let them down? Mm -hmm. Hmm? Here's the purpose of Revelation knowledge. Look at verse number 20. Jesus said, and those are the ones on whom the seed was sown in good soil. And they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. So here's the question. What can I do to get past persecution for the word's sake? You go to step number six in the tabernacle. And that's the sacrifice of worship and obedience. Go, go to uh, Exodus chapter number 30. Exodus chapter number 30. So after the table of showbread, here's the next thing that you would see in the holy place. Look at Exodus 30, verse number 1. Moreover, you shall make an altar as a place of burning incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. Its length shall be a cubit, and its width a cubit. Cubit, it shall be square. And its height shall be two cubits. Its horn shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Its top and its sides all around, and its horns, and you shall make the gold molding all around for it. You shall make two gold rings for it under its molding, and you shall make them on its two side walls on opposite sides, and they shall be holders for poles which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put this altar, now watch, you shall put this altar in front of the veil that is near the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is over the ark, where God will meet with you. God said there would be one more altar of sacrifice. Remember when, when God brought us into the camp, there was, the, there was an altar there, and the blood from that sacrifice mixed with the oil would bring the Holy Spirit to us, would anoint us for the priesthood. 
and then we would wash in the water of the word. We would gain revelation knowledge, and then we would be challenged with the bitterness of persecution for the word's sake. And he said, the next step in this thing is another altar to go to. And this altar would allow us to go through the veil where God said, this is where I'm going to meet with you. Everything in the altar description, go back and listen to others of these, everything in the description points to Jesus. And, and what, what does the New Testament say? That the veil before the, the Holy of Holies was? Was the body of Christ through my body. Now watch this. Watch. I want to show you. Look at Exodus chapter 30. Verse number 7. Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. He shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. When Aaron trims the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. And there shall be perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Trimming the lamps caused them to become bright and fresh. We are to walk in the freshness and the light of God's fresh word in us every single day. Now watch, watch. Go to Leviticus, just go to the right. Go to Leviticus chapter number 16. Oh, I'm going to show you something so cool here. Incense represents our prayers and worship of obedience before the Lord. Okay? So all these things have happened to us. We've come into the kingdom of God. We've received the Holy Spirit. We're washing in the water of the Word. We're gaining revelation knowledge. And it's bitter. If I do... What God's telling me to do, it might cost me everything. I see. <laughs> so what do I do? God said, go to the next altar Come on. and offer your worship and your prayers of sacrifice, uh, sacrifice and obedience. I want to show you. Look at this. Look, look. Leviticus 16, verse number 2. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he shall not enter. Now he's talking about the Holy of Holies. And that's where God said, I'll meet with you. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he shall not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, or he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. Now, this is so important. You've got to see this. Watch. God said he would appear on the mercy seat, which is above the ark of the covenant. God said, I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Above the Ark of the Covenant. God never said he would make the cloud. 
the cloud would be made from incense that represent our prayers and our worship in obedience to what God is telling us to do. You see? And he said, without the cloud, oh, we got to hear this. Without the cloud, Aaron, picture of the priesthood, he said, if you try to come in here and you don't come in in the cloud, you will surely die. Mm -hmm. And there is so many people. They have heard what God wants them to do, and they're like, you know what? God just have to, have you ever heard that? God will just have to understand. Like he's a dum-dum or something like that, you know? God will just have to understand my situation, and I'm going in anyway. And they wonder where their journey with the Lord dies right on the spot. Hmm? That's why Jesus, remember at the, at the uh, ascension, Kelsey, Jesus, it said he was lifted up into heaven in a cloud. That was his prayers and his obedience. You see? Glory to God. Now watch. Hmm. Only the prayers of obedience to God's word will get us past the persecution for the word's sake. Now watch, I want to show you something. Look how the incense that goes on. Now the priest would, he would go out to the, um, to the first altar and get some of the coals, bring them in to the altar of incense and then he would take these incense which represents the prayers and the worship of the saints he would bring those incense and he would drop it on that fire and it would create this huge cloud okay I want you to see how the incense is supposed to be prepared that goes on this altar look at Leviticus 16, verse number 12. And he shall take a fire pan full of coals of fire from upon the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of finely ground sweet incense, and bring it inside. He shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the ark of the testament testimony otherwise he will die i like how the king james writes it he said that the incense that goes on that altar should be beaten small hmm? by the time we get revelation knowledge and realize the persecution for the word's sake. And we get to that altar. We should be humble. And we should be beaten small. Are you hearing me? Hmm. 
Look at Leviticus 10. And, and some of this isn't fun. Amen? <laughs> some of this isn't fun. Leviticus 10. Uh, verse 1. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans. Now they, they were doing the same thing. And after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And a fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me I will be treated as holy. And before all people, I will be honored. We forget so much in the Americanized church that God is God. Hmm? That he is boss. That we can't make up our own rules. We can't do our own thing, you see? Now, this is the point where the priest would be ushered into the presence of the glory of God. Now, the, the Old Testament priests would offer their sacrifice of blood every year, once a year, every year. Hebrews 10 says that he offered once and for all the blood sacrifice forever. Now, watch this. When Jesus entered at the, uh, at the ascension, when he entered the heavenlies and poured his own blood once and for all over heaven's mercy seat, watch, Jesus purified the mercy seat that was on top of the Ark of the Covenant where God said his glory would rest. I want you to hear that again. Jesus purified the mercy seat by his own blood once and for all that was on top of the Ark of the covenant where God said his glory would rest, okay? There were three items in the Ark of the Covenant. There was the stone tablets. God said, I will write my laws, where? On, on your heart, on the inside of you. And there was Aaron's rod that budded. Now, there was a, a question of who would be the priest and Moses said, take, uh, take an almond branch. We're going to place it in here. Who, whoever's rod buds is going to be the priest. And Aaron's rod budded. And they put that rod uh, of an almond branch inside the Ark of the Covenant. So God said, I'll put my laws on the inside of you. And the chosen priest will go in this ark. And the third thing was the pot of manna. It's a picture of God's daily supply through his word in a chosen vessel. Here's what we see. We are the ark of the covenant. Oh, I hope you get that about three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and you just jump up. Now watch this. Jesus purified the mercy seat that was on top of the Ark of the Covenant 
And the Ark of the Covenant is where God said, my glory will rest. My goodness. Now watch. Here's the Christian life. You were unclean. And Jesus' blood brought you into the kingdom. And that same blood anointed you with the Holy Spirit of God. And now we have to choose to wash daily in the water of the Word. And we choose to gain revelation knowledge from the Word. And then we choose to stand through the persecution for the Word's sake. By worship and obedience and not turning back. And that causes us to be ushered through the veil, through the body of Christ, into the presence of God where the glory of God is. And here's step number seven. Go to Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. Here's the seventh step in this. Hebrews 10, verse number 19. Therefore, brethren, see, here, here is what happens by now. Since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When we come to that place of revelation knowledge about us, and we're not leaving. We are not going to back down. Worship and obedience, worship and prayer takes us further. Then we can say, Lord, I'm coming into the presence of God to gain what you have promised me, what you have shown me. Now watch, watch. I'm going to close here. And this is where you need to get very serious. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Mm. When revelation knowledge directs us to do something, and we see the cost, and just about choke on it if we will worship and we will pray and say to God I'd do anything I will do anything to do what you've told me to do I don't need to be famous. I don't need 
To be wealthy, I don't need to do anything. I just want to do what you show me to do. That's when we will boldly worship our way before the presence of the Lord. And that's where God said, I promise you, I will meet with you. Think of the struggle that famous Paul had. He was, he was the guy. His future was set. He was famous. He could have anything he wanted in the Jewish faith. And he studied the scripture through the Holy Spirit and begin to get a revelation. Go to the Gentiles. Can you imagine the struggle as he found his place in the kingdom? And Paul found his place and the chaos of his life was transformed as God met with him. And look what he compared this experience he had as the revelation dawned on him of who he was to be and the cost that it would cost him to be it. He actually compared it to the six-day recreation of the earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. I want you to turn to the left one last scripture. Pastor has been having us read this for weeks. Go to Romans chapter 12. When we wash in the water of the word and we consume it and worship our way through the veil, we'll stand in the presence of the Lord and the chains that held us to the ways of the fallen earth will begin to break from our lives. Romans 12, verse number 2. Paul said, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. When this happens in our life, and we see 
a revelation of who God wants us to be and what God wants us to do, there will come a point, it doesn't matter the cost, because we have just found our place in the kingdom. And that is where the glory of God meets the servant of God. Amen. Amen. Pastor, you want to get me out of this? <laughs> Just... <laughs> mm. Glory to God. Let's stand up. Uh, have you ever said, I want to do something for God? Here's what I'd like to do, but I can't. So I'm looking for God to tell me to do something for him. You passed up. You passed up a revelation of your place in the kingdom. It isn't about God saying, I want you to do this because it's easy. It's about, I want you to do this because I choose you. And from that point on, it's up to us just to worship and be obedient and to pray until we're ushered into the presence of God. And that is where he meets with us in the glory cloud. And that... is where the miracles happen to have you do what you can't do. Amen? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you for this series. Lord God, in Jesus' name, open our eyes to what you want us to do and give us the tenacity, give us the seven facets of the Holy Spirit so we won't have to do what our eyes see or react by what our ears hear. And the anointing becomes so fat on our necks that it breaks the yoke of the enemy. Lord, bless us to do great things for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen Amen and amen.